the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Answer or Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good afternoon, everybody. Brisk, uh, chilly day today. Let's start off uh, thinking positively, though. Change is painful, but nothing is as painful as staying stuck somewhere you don't belong. The changes we dread most contain our salvation, and you never change your life until you step out of your comfort zone. Change begins at the end of your comfort zone. And then Winston Churchill, one of my favorites, who improves to change. To be perfect is to change often. <laughs> Winston was always uh, always the, one of the best quotes you ever had uh, to work with. Anyway, uh, you know, if you go to WHK1420, go down to local podcast, down to Smart Investor Show, you can go directly to my webpage and a couple things I'd recommend. Number one, you know, we're now doing wealth plans for uh, prospective clients. So if you, if you, you know, want to test this out, what I like about our wealth plan is that we can go online and do what ifs. Okay. So like, for example, last Wednesday, I have a gentleman who has quite a bit of money. Uh, he's single. Uh, his, he, he had, had a girlfriend for a long, long time, and uh, he doesn't know what to do with the money. So I showed him some things. You know, he, he doesn't use much of the money either. So I said, hey, what if you did this? You know, you took out twice as much or three times as much money. I said, you know, he, he has a bunch of nieces and nephews uh, that live in, in North Carolina. So I said, you know, what if you took them to Disneyland? And he said, do you mean I could do that? And I said, yeah, and look. You still, your, your plan still wouldn't fail. So when you can do, when you can play with it online before you make any mistakes and see what the chances of you succeeding, you know, because what they're going to do is they're going to do a regression analysis and they're going to say, hey, you still have a 99% chance or, you, you know, hey, maybe you're spending too much money. You only have a 75% chance or maybe only have a 50% chance that we can change, all right? The other thing is the family inventory workbook uh, after my last episode with that, I would, I really kind of, uh, it, it's a great piece because it has, ev- you know, it puts everything into one place, okay? Your insurance, your 401ks, your brokerage accounts, everything into one piece, one document, which by the way, you know, we have PDF files so you can put it online, store it in your computer. Also, um, you know, I talked about this, um, if you own a company, uh, and you're talking to private equity, you know, our clients, we, we'll do a free analysis of your company to tell, tell you what it's really worth versus what private equity is going to do. Also, we have the folks at Dunbar and Bender, Dane Topich, and take a look at your retirement plan and see if you're getting the max out of it. You know, money grows a lot faster when the government doesn't touch it. Okay. So if you'd like any of that, let us know. In the meantime, uh, you know, I was listening to Lori Calbacina this week, who is our head strategist and a brilliant young lady. Uh, she was on CNBC this week, by the way. And, you know, if you look at the equity derivatives, you know, our sales team in that area, they were looking at things and, and, and they've been debating recently the, the significance of investors because they've been buying low-quality leadership. And that's what's been leading the U.S. equity market. So high-quality names have been not been leading. So it isn't the top 50 stocks in the S&P 500. 
It's the bottom 450. It's not the top 25 or 30 stocks in the NASDAQ. It's the bottom 3,500, okay? So that's kind of interesting. And look, uh, if, when you have bursts of low-quality leadership, you know, they're usually start, uh, seen starting midway through a recession or shortly after one concludes. Right or wrong, you know, what recent low-quality leadership is telling us is that the stock market has been acting as if October were the low associated with the current economic challenge. Hmm, isn't that interesting? So RBC's uh, equity strategy team combed through the earnings calls of the 91 S&P 500 companies that reported last week. And overall, the macro message seems to be a bit muddled. And it helps uh, to explain why the rally in stocks seems to have suddenly hit a bit of a wall. On the positive side, a significant number of consumer-related companies that reported were highlighting the ongoing resilience of the consumer and the stabilization in recent customer trends. Very important. Okay? So, it ain't all bad out there. All right? As much as you read, it ain't all bad. All right? So, uh, I'm also supposed to say at this time, this is a live show. So, if you have a question, you can call in here. Lenny will pick you up. He's a technician. He's a great technician. 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. Now, I guess the question economically is, when will the Fed stop? You know, every time we have a bad number, they're talking about it going from a quarter to a half, quarter to a half. Look, there's a lag time in, in Fed policy. It takes six to eight months for the interest rates to hit. We're only on it, you know, the three-quarter point hit. So we're only on the second one. We got third and fourth and another half going forward. So things are starting to slow down, and you can see it. All right? Housing starts were down big. Uh, used cars have been come down about six, eight percent. Uh, so the market has been hypersensitive to every monthly number. Every wiggle seems to matter. You know, forget about the broad trends or if the indicator is lagging. Here's one on the, ra- on the radar. The CPI report will get two months from now. Last year, the March 2022 report benefited from a large decline in used car prices. They were down about 3.5% month over month. That was big. That helped drag down the core to just 3% or 0.3%. Here's our problem. A very, very early call is that the March CPI, again, you know, so there's no confusion. This is the one that it will be coming in April, okay, will come in around 0.4. If that's true because of the easy year-over-year comparison, this will lift the year-over-year pace. So, you know, you got to start to think a little bit differently here, Uh, you know, it's coming down. It's maybe not fast enough for everybody, but look, inflation angst is on the rise ahead again, okay, because of Tuesday's uh, CPI. And it, it was a little bit stronger than people anticipated, okay? Uh, now, some people are saying, hey, maybe we should over, overweight the FANG and the tech stocks. Uh, I know uh, Tom Lee has said that this week, and Tom's a pretty smart guy. Uh, he, he, he's the head strategist of Fundstrat. He's probably one of the best strategists on the planet. Um, and, and by the way, the Super Bowl indicator did go to the AFL. Um, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, that's usually not a good sign. But there is, you know, a bull bear debate that's going on. And look, I think the bull market reasserted itself back. I think we hit bottom in September, and then October 12th, I, you know, in that show, I, I kind of said, hey, I think we're, we're back at it again. And, and I'm seeing more and more of that now, okay? Uh, but we've broken the downtrend line on every major index. So we're no longer in a downtrend. The question is, will we hold that, that downtrend line? And I think that's the big thing. But look, uh, the CPI was up, it was all housing and cars. <laughs> That's 59% of the core CPI. So retail is sitting on, retail investors are sitting on $1.8 trillion in cash. Will they be incremental buyer of equities in 2023? 
You know, that's the big question. I, you know, I've had a lot of cash for a pretty long time, and I just started to invest it. Uh, and what I did was I waited till I saw the whites of their eyes. I waited till the downtrend line was broken. Uh, so it'll be interesting going forward where we go from here. But look, we've had some hotter inflationary economic data, and and bonds yields broke out, so it broke their downtrend line. Now on Friday they reversed, so we'll see if they hold that uptrend line. I, I mean that downtrend line. We'll, we won't know. But look, our base case remains equities gained strongly in 2023. That's that's Tim's idea. Uh, Lori Calvacine is a little bit, you know, uh, she's a little bit more cautious. But this is a third year of a presidential uh, term, and usually is a positive time. So I, I think we, you know, and it, and it may not happen till the the end of the, you know, the middle to end of third quarter. And I, I talked about that, you know, that sawtooth type move. Now, I'll tell you this. We're a little bit overbought on the momentum side on a daily and a weekly chart. So if I look at the S&P 500, I look at the Russell, and Russell 2000 is the small cap, smaller stocks. If I look at the, the NASDAQ, if I look at the Dow, all of them, the momentum's a little bit overbought. So we're going to have a pullback. And the question is uh, how big? I think it's going to, you know, look, I could, I could make a case that we just made a flag. <laughs> and if you don't know what a flag is, uh, you got to look it up. Uh, I don't have time on the show to talk to you about it. but Or we just broke the uptrend line, short term. So if we broke the uptrend line, it's, we're looking at maybe a 4 to 5% pullback. If we, if we have a flag, we probably have an immediate, you know, somewhere in the near future takeoff, okay? So what we're seeing is the fourth quarter misses are punished far less than they were a year ago or half a year ago. So, look, I'm not clairvoyant. It doesn't exist in the equity markets, but, but the, you know, the indicators abound, okay? We're seeing things, uh, yield curve inversions lead, lead recessions and returns deteriorate with inversions usually, but we've been inverted, okay? So... That's the first thing you got to remember. So unemployment usually is a lagging indicator. It's the last thing to drop. And that's what they're waiting for, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Now, oil uh, kind of broke down on, on Friday. And, um, you know, Michael Tran thinks, uh, you know, we're not – well, let's just put it this way. We're right at the, the downtrend line. We broke broke the downtrend line, and we came right back to it. So it's got a hold here. But – we remain constructive and see upside risk uh, to the oil, you know, complex this year. So uh, the volatility has been the name of the game so far, twenty twenty three. That's for sure. Um, but you know, the marginal barrels, uh, North Sea and West African, and all that, are are marginally weak, is what it comes down to. So the Russian physical flow, you know, the remapping of both Russian and global energy flows remains in a work of progress. So it's something that we have to be paying attention to, in, in my humble opinion. You know, and, and China really isn't back up running yet. Okay, uh, it's you know they're they're letting things go a little bit, but it's not you know we're not full tilt. So oil and gas could be you know a, a wild card going forward. Now I'm watching very closely because. You know, we could be at the end of the oil cycle. You know, oil cycles don't last long. And remember, we talked about oil two years ago right about now. All right? That's when we started to buy. And uh, now I'm up a lot on those stocks, and I don't want to give it back, you know, obviously. So now I, I talked to a lot of fixed income investors lately. And, uh, you know, I, I've said the best place to buy is the two to five area, okay, two to five year area. Uh, CDs, treasuries, even some corporates look pretty good. Uh, municipals are a little bit harder because uh, the curve isn't inverted. So you still have to go out pretty far on those. But if the, if the short-term yields come down, uh, they'll be in good shape long run. But look, there's, there's not fixed income investments typically have less risk than many other asset classes. That's, you know, easy to say. But that is not to say fixed income is devoid of risk, okay? In particular, many investors seem to be acutely aware of interest rate risk, yet blissfully unconcerned about 
reinvestment risk. You know, an underappreciated hazard for decades now. And interest rate risk refers to the tendency of fixed income assets to decline in market value when interest rates rise. Many investors appear fixated on that, all right, likely because it's typically revealed itself in investment statements in the form of lower bond values. Um, however, because bonds mature at par, get 100 cents on a dollar, uh, absent a credit event, most retail investors hold bonds to maturity or CDs, all right? Um, and that's the care. That's the key. But under the radar risk is reinvestment risk is the threat that the rate of return when it comes time to invest again may be far less than what you're anticipating, maybe far less than what it is today. And believe me, when the Fed starts lowering rates, and they will eventually, uh, they may stay higher for longer, but they'll, they'll bring them down. And when they do, you're not going to get four and a half, five percent on CDs for two and five years. Okay. You're just not going to get it. So that's the, you know, what you'll find is some banks will give you teaser interest rates, hoping that you'll forget about the CD and, and it'll roll over at a lower rate. Okay. So look, uh, there's, is institutional bias driving the Fed to ignore positive in, inflation indicators? That's my big question. There are multiple signs of broadly slowing economy, and instead of overweight, questionable labor market data, you know, that's what they're doing. I mean, it, look, I think the government can fool around with <laughs> labor market data, personally. That's my opinion. I, you know, I don't want to make, you know, start anything crazy, but that labor market, you know, that that's if it's still going strong, the White House can push out their chest, right? Okay, so, but is 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 different this time? No, labor market data is always the last to die. Okay, so it's been an expansive, uh, expensive phrase for for investors when they say this time is different. I, you know, I remember in two thousand, sitting in front of uh, two hundred people and and saying, hey, get out of technology, get out of biotechnology. People thought I was crazy. At the same time, investors and policymakers need to be aware when the underlying assumptions are no longer valid. One of the leading contributors to global financial crisis was a failure to recognize that changing mortgage standard lending standards had altered the default risk back in those days. Okay, so let's uh, let's take a break. Okay, uh, we'll be right back. Uh, like I said, if you have a question here, it's two one six nine zero one. 0945. That's 216901 Stay tuned. At RBC Wealth Management, we have our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. In Medina, a great place for you to grab a sandwich and beverage, relax, and enjoy the company of friends and family, Planted Flag Brewing on Pearl Road. Family-owned, in fact, Aaron, Karen, and their daughter, Alice, can fill you in on what makes Planted Flag so special. I think we just like to keep things local and things we really like to eat. We're not trying to be fancy. It's just family favorites that we put on the menu, and they've become customer favorites, too. We have our regular oven-baked sandwiches, burgers, Amish chicken sandwiches, chilies are seasonal favorite. It's like all the flavors like melt in your mouth and it's just so good. Yeah, it's pretty thick. It's got meat and beans and it's destiny beef that we put in the chili so it's local. I guess I'm the taste tester. Aaron, I know you take the brewing personal and it's all local too. Probably one of the few that actually do use local malt or use local hops. Just wanted to be able to make something that tasted good using local ingredients. Planted Flag Brewing, 3594 Pearl and Medina. See plantedflag.com. Dennis Prager doesn't see death. The greatest single issue of our time is the death of religion. Never in history has there been a civilization that didn't believe in a god. And, and the shallowness of the secular intellectuals is 
one of the reasons it isn't even grappled with. It is devoid of depth. The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at 1, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1420. The Answer. Or on iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Okay, we're back. Anyway, remember, uh, I'm going to emphasize this. You know, people ask me, Tim, why do you keep talking about dividend growth and prime income list? You know, it's not a secret that all the nations of the world are getting older. Okay? The birth rate is down. I mean, China actually had a lowering its population for the first time in a long time. India, which had been, you know, moving at like a 6% rate, was flat last year. The United States was flat. Okay? Now, one of the reasons, you know, we we're letting immigrants come across the uh, thing is because we, we need workers. Okay. Instead of doing it the real, the way it should be done. But uh, you know, that's another story. So what we have is this silver tsunami. What do I mean by that? My hair is getting silver. I'm aging. Okay. We all are, you know, I'm sitting here doing nothing but aging. Famous George Harrison line from uh, while my guitar gently weeps. So, as you age, you get more conservative, right? You don't need to buy a $2 stock to see if it goes to 4 Now, you can do that with a little of your money, have a little fun, okay? But what you want to do is have quality dividends in your portfolio, all right? Uh, you know, even when the stock goes down, if you have a quality dividend, as long as they don't cut it, you're in great shape, okay? So, when you get dividend growth and you have a stock that moves – Six seven percent a year, and their dividend goes up six seven percent a year. You've got a nice return, okay. And if you do that over a twenty year period, you have a great return. Remember, the rule of seventy two says, if I make eight percent on my money, it takes nine years to double it. All right. If I make twelve, okay. So all I got to do is divide my return into seventy two, and. If I've got an increasing dividend stream and start at 2%, and by the time I, I retire, it's at 8 you're in great shape. And that's the key here is that the, the silver tsunami is out there, and uh, you, know, you should be paying attention. So, look, I was looking at the momentum indicators, uh, and, I, and I want to stress this. You know, <laughs> these momentum indicators often turn down after a two- to three-month you know, move. So we had this initial sur- surge in January, and so we're a little bit overbought. Uh, uh, what I'm looking at is a weekly chart, uh, and, I, and I'm looking at the Dow Jones Industrials, but I can look at all the indexes the same way. And so it's turning down, and, and I think that, you know, if we break out, there's some key resistance around 33,582, okay, uh, on the Dow. If we break out, I think we go to 34,700. And twenty, let's say, okay. Uh, but but short term, the Dow has got this flattish type momentum, so it's the weekly one that has to give it up a little bit, and I think it will. But the Dow, you know, on a daily basis, is kind of flat to whatever. Now the S and P five hundred on on a daily basis is still overbought. Okay, it it was the laggard. You know, the Dow broke the downtrend line first, then the Russell two thousand which is smaller cap stocks, did it. And now the NASDAQ has done it, which is real interesting. But the interest rates and the U.S. dollar, uh, they have they had short-term bounces. So it would be interesting to see how high that yield goes. Uh, the dollar's bounced a little bit. Uh, you know, the dollar was a problem for a while. So we'll see what happens. And, you know, one of the things that Rob Schleimer pointed out is if you look at the chart on the Nifty 50 index, which is from India, uh, there's some early signs of an upturn developing in a very noteworthy market. So those are some things to think about, you know, over the course of the next uh, couple of weeks, whatever. Uh, but look, I just think we're in this situation where, you know, you have uh, the Dow Jones has broken the downtrend line. You know, the weekly momentum's turned over. The daily momentum's kind of flat to, to you know, ugh. <laughs> just going sideways. And the the S&P is the same way. 
Now, the S&P broke out of what is known as a triangle pattern. And that's very, very important because triangle patterns usually are very explosive whichever way they break, okay? So the good news is we broke to the upside. The, the bad news is is uh, maybe you're not in. <laughs> now, if I looked at the real short-term stuff, uh, by the way, the, the NASDAQ broke out this last couple of weeks. Uh, so it's it wasn't the top stocks, all right? So the Dow's been kind of going sideways where the rest of these things have been catching up a little bit. So the NASDAQ relative strength to the S&P 500 broke its downtrend line, which is important also. Uh, so we're seeing things that are interesting. Now, seasonality, February is a terrible month, just so you know. Okay, it's just a, it's not that great a month. <laughs> I mean, historically, if January is good, February is usually down. Okay, you know, uh, September and February are two of the big down months. Sometimes March is, you know, kind of flat to down too. So, um, now I did notice that the bulls, have picked up, and the bears have kind of died for a while, okay? But the bearish sentiment has declined to what I consider a much less bearish reading. Now, that's one contrary opinion, uh, one contrary indicator that isn't in our favor at the moment, and I, I think what what you're going to find is that that's going <laughs> to come to the forefront pretty soon. Um as we pull back a little bit, okay. I, I, I really think. Yeah, look, I'm not think. I'm not talking about a bear market. I'm just talking a little bit about a pullback. And I think it'll be shallower than what we're anticipating. That's Tim's opinion. I'm just looking at the charts and using my, you know, expertise, shall we say. Now, the other thing I noticed, and I've been talking about ADRs for a while now, the the Morgan Stanley Corporate Index uh, has broken its relative. Of, uh, you know, it's downtrend versus the S&P 500. And I don't see it giving it up. At least I haven't seen any slowdown in momentum, okay? Now, I, I, I noticed that the relative performance of more the emerging markets broke out barely, uh, but the relative performance versus the EFA, which is the Morgan Stanley Corporate Index, uh, is still terrible. So, uh, and the momentum pop and now it's turning over on a weekly basis so it it should be a problem you know it, it should be a period of whatever the footsie remains positive uh on a monthly basis uh broke out it's it's a little bit the monthly momentum's uh, not oversold it's not overbought it's kind of midway through uh and it's getting just broke it just broke out compared to the s&p 500 so foreign stocks are starting to look better uh, I don't think you have to jump up and down yet, but, uh, you know, our ADR report is something you should pay attention to. Um, you know, I've been mentioning that now for about three months, so or two months, actually. But the FTSE did break out on a weekly basis, so uh, it's a little bit overbought, so, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, the DAX has not yet, but we'll see what happens. The Shanghai Index has, you know, was in a triangle pattern and has undercut so it's got to turn up here or it's got a problem i think now the hong kong index made a big move and then has kind of just i think the momentum's way overbought so be careful there all right um a couple other things i'm seeing uh and and this is you know look here's some of the things i'm seeing you know we've got this lower highs and lower lows uh, i mean lower highs and lower lows since the Fed meeting, and we did break a short-term uptrend. Now, that can be considered a flag pattern, or it can be, you know, you've got some risk maybe down to 4,000 on, on the uh, S&P 500. Uh, you know, who knows? Um, but I, I would probably suggest that that's probably the case. And, you know, I, I look at the PPO. If you don't know what the PPO is, you should look it up. It's in this triangle pattern, so it'll be interesting to see how that, which way that breaks, all right? Uh, you know, so the energy sector did break its short-term uptrend line, not long-term, but its short-term uptrend line. So uh, they are giving back on some of those. So those are some things that you should be paying close attention to. Um, but, you know, generally, the S&P 500, you know, we had a silver cross and, we, and then we had a golden cross, which means the 50-day crossed over the 200-day. 
those are usually positive things. So if you get a pullback, I think probably be a buying opportunity, not a selling. But you know, that's that's me talking out loud now. I'm not uh, I'm not suggesting you run your portfolio. You know, if you want me to run your portfolio? That's fine. But uh, look, there's some things that should keep inflation at bay. I think. Um, and if if you look at the S and P 500, you know. If we broke below the 20-day the moving average, you know, we could start a small downtrend there. Uh, that's around that 4,000 area that I talked talk to you about. The Treasury yield did break its downtrend line, okay? So it, it, it uh, I'm talking about the 10-year Treasury yield now, okay? So it had been in downtrend, and it broke through there. So it's, you know, it could go higher, all right? So that's something to, to pay attention to. And the U.S. dollar had a flag you know, kind of a sideways movement that broke out of. So uh, that could be another thing that would keep inflation out. And, you know, about two months ago, we talked about Tom McQuellen and said his gold indicator went to a sell signal. Boy, Tom, you hit that nail on the head. (laughs) I mean, just right on the head. And Gold's been in the downtrend ever, ever since. So Hey, let's take a break and we'll be right back with a bullish percent. If you have a question, it's 216-901. 0945. Stay tuned. AM1420 is Cleveland's answer for news, opinions, and insights. Listen online at whkradio.com. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. The straight talk and hard work and do-it-right plumbers at Wyatt Works will unclog your drain for only $93. Or it's free. What's the catch? There's never a catch with Wyatt Works. I'd rather starve than do business that way. We really will break up your clog and get your water flowing again for $93. Plus, we'll send a camera down the line so you can see exactly what you're dealing Most with. Most of the time, clog busting's all you need. doodle. Back to your regularly scheduled life with a 12-month no-backup guarantee. If your drain line needs more, we'll explain all the options, including flexible payments and guaranteed estimates. And on the off chance clog busting can't get your drain flowing, our service call is free. You'll still get upfront pricing on solutions to your problem, but with no initial service fee. That's on us. Either we deliver on our promised clog busting, or it's free. So don't put up with half solutions or slow or clogged drains. Call why it works and consider it done. License number 30185. This radio station exists to fulfill your insatiable appetite for news and information. If it happens here or around the world and it matters to you, we'll be the first to tell you about it and what it means. But that's not all. Our sister station exists to give your life meaning and purpose through the teaching of the Holy Bible. AM 1420, the answer exists to tell you about the world. AM 1220, the word exists to change the world. Together, we can do it. Okay. Not even playing Brad during my... <laughs> I love it. Anyway, um, so we're going to talk about the bullish percent in a second here, but, you know, one of... I've got a lot of questions. A lot of people have been asking me, hey, you know, what's happened to the, 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 big, the big stocks, you know? And they've been in a serious decline. Um, you know, if I look at the top five index, the 2% scale, we call it, uh, you know, that's the Apples, the Microsofts, the Amazons, the Berkshire Hathaway, the Googles. They've been in a serious decline. And I did notice that they're, you know, they're right. If, if they were to go up on Monday, they might break a double top for the first time. And boy, I want to go back to, you know, the beginning of 2022, that would be very positive, I think. Uh, you know, but we've, we've seen a couple of these, like a uh, few of them have been in de- decline, you know, down downtrends, and they've broken through it. So 
that could get really interesting uh, going forward. Um, and, and by the way, somebody asked me about um, cryptocurrencies, and I can just tell you the Bit- Bitcoin did break its downtrend line. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. I don't recommend. I don't recommend it at all. Just telling you, it did. The bullish percent is our main guide of risk. All right, it goes from zero to 100. Uh, this was way back in the 30s. It was designed, uh, you know, just to, to be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. And and what it does is there's a column of X's. We have the offensive team on the field. When we go into column of O's, we bring the defensive team on the field. Now, that doesn't mean when you bring a defensive team, you have to go to catch, okay? It just means you've got to take a look at your portfolio, and, you know, that's that's what I do all week. I look at portfolios and uh, rec- make recommendations. Sometimes I don't have to make any. Okay. So anyway, uh, it is at 60.8. It was down another percentage point and a half as of Friday. Uh, 58 were reversed. So, we, you know, it's very close to reversal. Be, be careful. The over-the-counter index, the smaller names, were 41.8. It would reverse at 38. They they swing pretty quickly. So three percentage points, you know, away from uh, – and I'm not saying that we're there yet. We're still in a column of X's. All right. Do not anticipate an anticipator. <laughs> it's a bad habit to get in. You'll be whipsawed left and right. The the uh, world index uh, was at 43.9. It would reverse down at 40. Okay. Uh, so we're st- we still have the ball uh, as of now. Uh, so, but you know, 60 is a pretty high number for the bullish percent. You know, 41 is not so bad for the over-the-counter index. 43 isn't so bad for the world index, you know, so it depends on what you're buying. Remember, I said the ADR list is available. Um, you know, what is an ADR? An ADR is an American depository receipt. So what you do is you buy foreign stocks in the U.S. so you don't have the currency problem, okay? Uh, so I, I looked at dynamic asset level investing this week, and consumer cyclical and technology have improved. Uh, the laggards seem to be energy and staples, all right, So, uh, which doesn't make sense. But the semiconductor group did go right to, you know, if I look at the, uh, the uh, Dorsey Wright, by the way, is our friends that provide us with the bullish percent. And if I, they, what they do is they look at relative strength. So if they look at the uh, semiconductor relative strength versus the S&P 500, it's in a column of Xs, and it would break a double top uh, if we had a big uh, day on Monday, okay? So they're showing improvement is what I'm saying, and it's worth being cognizant of all the ETF options if you're going to do it or the stocks. I, I prefer stocks, uh, but I don't mind doing ETFs. Uh, you know, I got some people who are scared to death of stocks, and that's mostly probably because they, uh, you know, weren't paying attention uh, at some time or not. But, you know, the stocks is technically on a sell signal. It has initiated a shakeout pattern, which is a very bullish pattern, and a move to 440 on the stocks would be would complete that pattern, and we'd we'd be uh, happy once again. Okay, so we we had the shakeout pattern is when you break a double bottom and then reverse right back up. All right, so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but it should should get interesting. Now, if we look at dynamic asset level investing, which our friends at Dorsey Wright provide us with, basic materials are in first place, financials are in second. Industrials have moved up to third. Energy's gone from first to fourth, and consumer non-cyclical has gone to fifth, which was second. Consumer cyclical, which is retail, uh, has improved drastically. So has in technology, and healthcare has lost a couple votes. Communication services, which was 29, is now 54, but it's still in dead last place. So that's Metaverse, Snap, and all those names. Okay. Now, I was looking at international equities and. You know, Greece has broken out in a big, big way, and I'm not sure why I was looking at reasons for it to, to break out, but it broke out uh, in a big, big way last last week and has now just pulled back uh, two weeks ago, sorry, and now it's pulled back a little bit. So that'll be interesting. I looked at all of the uh, different Greek ETFs, and most of them look pretty good. Um, there is one that looks better than all of them, uh, but that's for my clients to know uh, for all you, uh, for all my Greek clients, <laughs> but uh, there, I, I am starting to get warming up to ADRs a little bit, and uh, I just got. If the dollar rallies, they'll pull back a little bit, and that's probably what I'll. And I think the dollar's starting to rally, so uh, what I'll probably end up doing is 
buying them when the dollar peaks. The U.S. Treasury yields continue uh, higher, you know, because we had a much higher than expected January CPI print. And, and the U.S. 10-year yield reached 3.8%. So that breaks that downtrend line. And that's, that's important because, uh, you know, everybody thought we were going to go straight, you know, to easing. That doesn't look like that's going to be the case. It looks like, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're waiting for employment. Employment's usually the, the last due to drop, okay? So Fed futures are now pricing a better chance better 50% chance of another 50 basis points and a 35% chance of a 50 basis point move coming up in the next meeting. So it doesn't look like they're done, you know, doing, doing their thing. So uh, now I was looking at commodities, you know, crude oil is still on a, a relative strength buy signal, but it's got a negative trend and gold's got a positive trend, but it's on a ne- relative strength sell signal. So, uh, there's only the, the one commodity index, which is Dorsey Wright's, uh, is on a positive trend and on a buy signal, and that, that's that's good. Uh, but I did notice, st- you know, there's some interesting stuff like sugar and uh, and cocaia have been breaking out. Uh, so that's a kind of an interesting, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think that's very very interesting. Um, you know going forward because these guys uh you know if if you're if you're looking at commodities there are certain commodities like sugar uh it's a basic ingredient in a lot of things and therefore it's going to go up uh you know we still haven't covered all the the bases in inflation um in the meantime you know one of the things that uh I've been concerned about are, is are people getting bullish again? All right. The National Association of Active Investment Managers are near the highest level they've been in well over a year. And since 1989, members include, by the way, registered investment advisors who provide active money management services or clients in order to produce favorable risk reward re- relationships. Okay. Um, so when, look, this is hard because we've been bearish, really bearish, and they're, they've got very, very bullish very uh, quick. And the American Association of Individual Investors, which had been you know down at like eighteen, nineteen, uh, is now at thirty six. All right, so that's you know that's not a, a peak number. You know, peak numbers are like fifty eight, fifty nine, uh, but the spread, you know between bulls and bears is one of the highest numbers since November 2021. Now, what's interesting is when we have these big periods of bad, you know, the where the, the bulls are non-existent, we have pretty good moves in the stock market, okay? Uh, so the question is, you know, are we going to have one of those now? And like I said, I think we're going to have a sideways pattern for a short period of time. But right now, I think the thing you got to be thinking about is that, hey, maybe we're a little bit too bullish. All right. So just just remember that. But I also want you to remember that we're in one of these. I think we're in one of these generational bull, uh, secular bull markets. OK. There's so much money on the sidelines. That's not when bull markets end. Bull markets end when everybody's in. I mean, 2000, I, you know, I just remember I'm, I'm getting my hair cut. And the young lady said that she and her husband, who was the, you know, he was a parts guy at a, at a car dealer, they bought a $480,000 house. And I said to myself, oh, no, that's not good. <laughs> uh, and, and then in 2000, I had the guy that uh, was shining my shoes. You know, he asked me what to buy. And I said, oh, man, this is not good. Nobody likes the stock market right now. Okay? Not many people do. Now, people are starting to come back in, but there's still $1.8 trillion in retail money. And by the way, corporations have $2.4 trillion in free cash flow. All right? And that goes up. You know, the Biden administration's put a halt, basically, on doing deals uh, you know, they don't, you know, the Department of Justice is going to kill them. They're, they're trying to kill the, you know, the 
Microsoft and Activision. So they've, they've tried to hit a couple of these. So you got to be careful with those. So there's a lot of money on sidelines. The amount of money that's moved to CDs and treasuries for an active allocation portfolio. Look, it hasn't been right to buy bonds for a long time. I said back in September we had 5% CDs, okay? They're not happening anymore, but you still can get 4.7, 4.8 in some cases, you know? Uh, so why not, right? Uh, so we're finally getting back to that 60-30-10 model. But just remember, these generational moves take about 16 to 18 years. And if we look, if we go to the bottom of the market, like in 29, and the bottom of the market back in 74, to the top, it's 2,300%. If we just go to 2,000%, we'd be looking at 13,500 to 14,000 on the S&P 500. That's it, you know, big if. But remember, we keep talking about these, within these big cycles, we have these repetitive four-year cycles, and we're coming near... You know, 2004 would be the beginning of that cycle. That's usually when we take off. So uh, the other thing I'll mention is the four-month versus the 13-month moving average. You know, the momentum is the lowest I've ever seen on the downside. Usually that means we're going to have takeoff sometime in the near future. Uh, and But I, wait, I said last year, uh, you know, we were way overbought. Uh, and if we look at, you know, if I look at the S&P 500 on a, on a monthly basis, we're right where we should stop and head north. So just remember that part. I think it's very important that you pay attention to that. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> people ask me what I'm buying and I, I'm, I'm buying quite a bit, uh, as a matter of fact. So, yep. Let's take a break. Uh, you got a question. 216-901-0945. We'll be right back. Charlie Kirk has seen this script flip. The very same language, tactics, security state operations that they used against al-Qaeda, Saddam Hussein, and the Taliban, Patriot Act, NSA, FISA courts, they're using all that permanent infrastructure to go after American conservatives. The playbook is just 20 years old, just been totally flipped now on American conservatives. The Charlie Kirk Show, weekdays at noon, right before Dennis Prager at 1 on AM 1420. The answer and Odyssey. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. And if you just tuned in, uh, this is Smart Investor Show, and, and this is where we talk about who's buying what on the inside, okay? So uh, we've given you some ideas as far as, you know, the dividend growth portfolios, I think, is going to be a way to make a lot of money, of course, in the next uh, – oops. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the insiders, they know their companies better than we do, okay? They just – they know it. So when they take big positions, we've got to pay attention. So, you know, these are names you jot down, whatever. But, uh, you know, uh, Purple Innovations, which is mattresses. We have Coliseum Capital Management. You know, they bought quite a bit, and they just bought another $26.8 million worth. Now, this stock is, uh, you know, was 650 just back in the beginning of February. It's now 450 So they stepped up to the plate. You like to see that. And uh, here's one we're seeing a lot of it. It's Mineralis Therapeutics. Uh, you know, it came public, went up, came right back down, and RA Capital Management bought $20 million worth. One of the directors bought $15 million worth. Uh, another director bought $4 million worth. Uh, there's one more. Uh, yeah, another director bought $500,000 worth. So I uh, don't know what's going on there, but, I, you know, the, the – it sounds like they bought it on the the issue on the new issue at 16. So the stock's at 17. Some change now. Also, uh, Antioxon. 
which is a, a stock that was eight dollars, seven eighty, is now pulled back to five. Uh, and one of the directors, a very smart guy, just bought eighteen million dollars worth of stock. Uh, and by the way, those are all a lot of biotechs uh, starting to show up again. So, and now we have RX Site, which is a, a medical device company, uh, where we had a, a director uh, buy six million dollars worth. And then Legato Merger, that's that shell company, uh, you know, last week that they bought it. It came public. The stock went, fell all the way down to nine bucks. And as it popped up, this guy bought $4.9 million worth. He's a non-executive chairman, though. And here's one that's really interesting. It's a new high. Value Act Holdings, uh, which is a, a, a very aggressive uh, activist, bought Insight Inter- uh, Enterprises. And and they paid it at a high. They put they bought uh, five million dollars worth, and they came back a couple days later. Or yeah, a couple days later, bought three point two, and then they bought two point eight million. Uh, so they bought quite a bit of stock, and uh, they paid it at a new high. And then CNAC Energy Corp, which was a, a shell company, it's a it's a stack. We had uh, a director buy four million dollars worth. All right, so there we go. And then uh, WAG, which is uh, it's an application, you know, it's a uh, software application. I'm not sure what it does, but uh, Brian Yee, who's a director, uh, bought $2.6 million worth. And then we had a Dis Medicine, uh, which th- this is an interesting one. Uh, anyway, two directors, one of them being Ormbed Med Advisors, which is smart money. They bought, both bought $2.5 million worth of stock. So, uh, and then we have Fortress Bio, where we had a ton of stock bought. Uh, we had the president, Lindsay Rosenwald, who's a doctor, by the way, buy $2 million worth. We had Mike Weiss buy a $1 million worth uh, twice. And then uh, I believe we uh, Jay Lobel, who I don't know, I don't know that name. I, I looked it up. I couldn't find anything really important about it. But he bought uh, half a million dollars worth. So uh, quite a few stepping up to the plate there. And then we also had uh, Bob Keane, who's the CEO of uh, Com- uh, Simpress, which is an advertising agency, pay thirty-seven dollars uh, for thirty-seven and a half for nine hundred and thirty thousand, then another eight hundred and eighty thousand. Uh, and then Greta Harris bought uh, Markel, which is a thousand-dollar stock. She bought four hundred shares, so that's a half a million-dollar stock. A couple of the names that were interesting where I had numerous buys was. Uh, Vapotherm, which is a dollar stock, we had several guys buy half a million dollars worth, one of them being the uh, present CEO. Uh, so they bought two or three times uh, to the tune of about $1.5 million. And then uh, also uh, Fidelity National Information Corp., which was 75 well, it was 80 bucks just a, two weeks ago, now 69 We had one, two, three, four, five, six, six buyers of approximately $150,000 each. So I think that's right below a uh, million dollars. So uh, several uh, long-term buys, uh, you know, so something to think about. Um, you know, the the S&P 500, you know, pulled back after the, S- the CPI failed to match. You know, you know, it didn't make any headway after that. And the market's still turning. So it's something that, you know, you've got to pay attention to because, you know, everybody's worried now that the Fed's going to go a half a point next time. But... It, I think we're in this consolidation phase. It's going to stay there for a while. Uh, or we might even go down and test the, you know, we broke the downtrend line, so we may go test that again. And uh, commodities versus the S&P 500 have turned back down, all right, uh, with the exception, like I said, of sugar and cocaine or coffee. So th- those are things that we have to pay uh, fairly close attention to. So, you know, what we had was S- S&P 500, we bounced to resistance ahead of the CPI breakout, you know, and, and precious metals just got creamed in the last two weeks. So that's not a very, that's kind of a anti-inflation sign, you know, I mean, they're supposed to go up. Now we did have a bounce and this may be what's happening is the money that's going into, into Bitcoin is the money that was in gold. Okay. So that's something to think about. Uh, Treasury yields, bounce, broke their downtrend line, and uh, that could be a problem going forward for the market, all right? So, so we're still seeing a little bit of minor weakness. 
I think you need to break, you know, 4,000, maybe 50 to become bearish. That's my opinion. Uh, and look, you know, I'll change my mind right at the moment. I'm, um, I'm still saying, you know, we've hit a bottom. I, I didn't think we we're going to go straight up. I talk about that, you know, the saw type of uh, market where you go up and down, up and down, up and down until we set it up. And now the, the TNX, which is the 10 year treasury yield is, you know, signaling, it's almost at an exhaustion. If you look at the DeMarc, uh, if you don't know who DeMarc is, the, those people are doing some wonderful things technically. Um, so we'll see what happens going forward, but uh, that's something to pay close attention to. Um, you know, and I, by the way, we did see the reversal in the TNX Friday. So maybe they were, they hit it. I mean, that's when they said it Friday. So they may have hit it right on the nose. So we had some minor weakness might last a little bit longer, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's growing closer to very attractive support. Now the question is, do we have this flag? You know, if it's a flag, it should be a straight up move coming. Or are we going to go down and test that the uptrend line again? You know, it could go do either way. But I think the energy downturn this week might temporarily postpone its outperformance until probably into March because uh, it, it broke some support levels. And I think Treasury yields, uh, you know, you had kind of an abrupt reversal, which helped the equities on Friday. So we'll see what happens. So what do you do now? Look, go to WHK1420. Go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show. Set up a time we can we can talk about a wealth plan. Believe me, this interactive wealth plan is beautiful. It, you can you can do what ifs. Okay, what if I spent too much money? You know what? Do I still have a chance? Can I go to Europe every year? All right. I, I just had somebody ask me that. And I said yeah. Also, a, a family inventory workbook. It puts everything into one place. All right. Believe me, it, uh, I, I'm talking to a young lady whose husband died in the fall. I mean, well, a month ago, and she he had stuff all over the place. She's she thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. In the meantime, if you own a company and you want us to, you know, we we do it free for our clients. We we can tell you how much your company's worth. We might even be able to find a buyer. Uh, whereas private equity wants to lowball you as best possible. So we, you know get in contact with us on that one. And Dunbar and Bender, Dane Topic, he's been on the show a couple of times. We're going to have him again in, in the fall, I mean, the spring. You know, if you can put more money away and you're not, shame on you because it's much, you know, your, your money grows faster when the government doesn't get to it. All right, remember that. So remember, if you want to set up an appointment for a wealth plan or just talk about your portfolio, give me a call. Go to WHK1420, local podcast. You can go right down to Smart Investor Show. It goes directly to my webpage. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Sun's shining. What a novel concept here. Remember, buy low, sell high. This is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.